to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. We're going to be looking there in just a moment. Uh, We are continuing, we're finishing up our series of Ask, Seek, Knock. Ask, Seek, Knock. This is uh, all about having an effective guide to prayer. And it comes out of the passage in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, that says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. So over this month, we've looked at several different things. The first week, we we started off with just the basics of how to pray. Pray is P-R-A-Y. Praise, repent, ask, yield. Simple. The the how-to pray. So once we got that out of the way, we looked deeper into this verse of, of ask. What does it look like to ask God? And, and we learned that we need to pray bold prayers, right? We have not because we ask not. Last week, we looked at the word seek and how we can seek God. And we looked at how we need to light a lamp, just like the, the lady who was looking for her lost coin. We need to light a lamp. We need to use the truth of God's word. That's how we, uh, your word is a, a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. We need to light a lamp. We need to look in God's word. We need to sweep the house, clean out the junk, ask God to forgive us so that way we can find him. And then it says that we need to search until we find Search until we find. And and man, it was powerful seeing what God did in the altars here last week. Church, we were pressing in. We were going after God uh, with passion and saying, Lord, we we want a move of you. We don't want to just seek your hand. We want to seek your face. We don't want just your benefits. God, we want you. So we need to seek. And this brings us to our last part of the verse, which says we need to knock. That's why we brought a door along today, right? So we can knock on heaven's door. That's, that's what we're doing today. How do we knock? You know, in being in ministry for a while, I've, I've knocked on many doors. You know, fundraisers, outreaches, you know, all the fun stuff. Anybody enjoy knocking on doors? I see no hands, right? Mine's not up either. I, I don't enjoy knocking on doors. It's, it's not fun. Uh, but you, you just never know when you go up and knock on that door how you are going to be received, right? It's, you get a little anxious, like, what's going to happen when I go up? And you don't know what's behind that door. And sometimes you knock and nobody answers. And then you get into that weird debate of, well, how long should I wait? Do I need to, maybe they didn't hear me, do I need to knock louder? You know, okay, they had to have heard that one usually I just start counting to 10 a bunch of times. I don't know why 10, but, you know, so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay, well, no, nobody's coming and you walk away. I've knocked on other doors where I've knocked. Somebody's been home, but yet they still don't answer, right? That's fun. Uh, I remember one time we were doing a fundraiser and I was out there with a couple people and it was one of those doors that had glass on either side of it. And literally, we knock on the door, Lady comes up and walks away. Like you saw us. You made eye contact with us, lady. We know you're in there. Open up. We left. Apparently she didn't want it. And then here's the thing. When they do actually open up the door, right? You knock and they open up. You have no idea how they're going to respond. Are they going to be warm and inviting? 
or are they going to be hostile? You know, like what, what's, what's going to happen? Uh, I remember one time, I, I've shared this story before, but we were doing an outreach in the community of Ashley, North Dakota uh, for the Assemblies Church there. And uh, they, they had this fun little package. It was a bag of microwave popcorn. And we had our line. We were supposed to go up, knock on the door and say, you know, hi, we're from the Assemblies Church and we're just popping in to say we care. Isn't that great? You know, just, we had the popcorn there. And, and so we were just, hey, we're, we're popping in and say we're here. And, and we, had, we had one rule. Our, our ministry team leader said, don't go into any of the houses, right? Whatever you do, don't go in. Like, okay. All right. So we're going around the neighborhood and, you know, we're, we're knocking on those doors, you know. You know, hey, we're just popping in and say we care. And so I, we go up to this, this one house, you know, and and uh, we knock. This was, a, this was a good German town in Ashley, North Dakota. We knock, and the lady answers the door, older lady, and, and said, hey, we're, we're from the Assemblies Church, and we're just popping in to say we care. And she looked at me. What did you say? Uh, we're from the Assemblies Church, just popping in to say we care. Stay right there. Like, okay. Shuts the door. We're just standing there with the popcorn still. Like, what do we do? It was like a, two minutes later, like, should we leave? Should we not? Door opens again. Here's my husband. You tell him what, we, what you just told us. Okay? We're from the Assemblies Church, and we're just popping in to say we care. Come on in. Like, ah. Uh, I still don't know if you're excited that we're here or if you're really angry that we're here. Like, all I know is we're not supposed to go in. And, but she just, she just kept, no, you need to come in now. And so eventually... We went against the rules, and we, we go on in. There just seemed no refusing. She sat us down on her couch, and, and she just proceeded to thank us for coming over, and she brought us cookies and, and food, and she's like, you know, nobody's ever really come over here before and, and said all of that, and, and it was just welcome. I was like, wow, I was not expecting this. You know, this is just really nice, and we made it out alive. It was all good. Um, <laughs> now, there's another time. I went, and this wasn't a ministry trip. We were, we were trying to get to um, a house that we, we were told, hey, come to this house at this time. And, uh, but we went into a neighborhood that all the houses looked identical. You ever been in one of those? And so we go up, and we're knocking on the door. You know, we just keep knocking, and, and nobody's coming. Nobody's like, what's going on? Eventually, a guy comes in, or a guy comes up, answers the door. Not the guy we were expecting. And, I mean, you know, he, he, he's, he's, he's packing, Right? And I'm like, whoa, what's going on here? We were knocking on the wrong house. Um, we were off by one, one, one door, you know. So that was not what we expected, and we hurriedly went away. He thought we were trying to break into his house uh, was the problem. So he decided, you know, um, he'd have his weapon there to make sure that we, uh, you know, got off his property as fast as possible. So you just never know, right? You, you knock, but you never know what's on the other side of the door. But why do we knock? Why do we knock on a door? Why do we take the time to go up to somebody's house and knock? It's because we have the hope that somebody is on the other side of the door and that they're going to open it to, for us. Right? That's why we knock. We knock because we have this belief that somebody on the other side of the door is going to open it up. Now I want you to think for a moment. Remember the times that you have knocked on heaven's door. Remember the times that you've gotten on your knees and that you've prayed and, and you've gone up and you've just, you, you've knocked saying, Lord, send revival. You know, Lord, would you forgive me? Lord, God, would you, would you heal me? 
Lord, would you, would you save my friend? God, would you save my family? Would you save my, my coworker? Lord, would you fill me with your spirit? And you go up and you have knocked on heaven's door. Right? Why do we knock? Because we have the hope that God's on the other side and that he's going to open up that door. Right? That's why we pray. Otherwise, it would be a foolish a foolish experiment, a, few, a foolish uh, test to, to just knock, believing that nobody's home. The other day, I, I wanted to go talk to my neighbors. And, uh, you know, so I get all ready. I was probably trying to borrow a tool or something. And, and uh, I thought, okay, you know, I'll go over there, put my shoes on, and start walking over to my neighbor's house. And both cars were not in the driveway. And all the lights in the house were off. And at that moment, I knew they are not home. Now, I could go all the way across, I could go up to the door, and I could knock, but it would be pointless because I have no hope that they are home. They are not home. I can see that. And, and so I, I didn't knock. I just turned around and I went back home. But let me ask you this. Have you stopped knocking on heaven's door? Right? Are there prayers that you used to pray, that you used to say, Lord, would you heal Lord, would you send revival? Lord, would you, would you save my friend? Are there prayers that you used to pray that you no longer knock? That you've given up hope that that door is ever going to open? You knock and no one answers, so we give up hope. You, you knock and, and you knock for years and years, and, and it leads you to believe there's no one on the other side of this door. There's no one home, so we give up knocking. Or, or you knock and you figure, well, this door just needs to stay shut. This door must needs to stay shut. So, so we, we stop praying. We, we stop knocking. But let me tell you today that, that there is power in persistent prayer. There's power in persistent prayer. So let's, let's look at the text this morning in Luke chapter 11. Uh, we're going to look at verse 5, a parable that Jesus tells. Luke 11 verse 5 says this. Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't give up, get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. Jesus, I thank you for your word. I pray that it would speak volumes to us, that we would learn from this parable, God, that we would learn persistence uh, in our prayers today. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want you to just, for a moment, to picture this situation. Put yourself in this man's shoes. This man who had an unexpected visitor at night show up, uh, a traveler, right? Somebody shows up to your house, a friend that you've known for a long time, and, and they, they come in and, and they said, man, I'm, I'm hungry. You know, it's the middle of the night, and you're sitting there, you're looking through all your cabinets, like, okay, I've got nothing. You know, there's no food to feed them. And, and uh, it's also, nothing is open. There's no stores to go to. It's, we'll say it's Christmas Day. Anybody notice that Christmas Day, everything shuts down? I mean, that's the one time of the year you can't find anything. Uh, I remember Angie and I were traveling to go pick up my sister from the airport down in Sioux Falls one time. It was on Christmas Day. And we were hungry. And so we pulled up to McDonald's. McDonald's was closed. 
Like McDonald's doesn't close, but they close on Christmas Day, right? And we couldn't find anywhere to eat. The only place that was open was Denny's. And every Denny's we stopped and visited, the line was out the door. It was at least a two-hour wait no matter where we went. Just like, it was, it was nuts. So imagine, it's Christmas Day, right? And you're looking around, you have no food, no places open, you can't go anywhere. And, and, and so now you've built up enough desperation of, hey, I got to get my friend something to eat. Even though it's the middle of the night, right? We're talking 2 a.m. I'm going to go to my neighbor's house and I'm going to knock on the door. See if they got some leftover ham from Christmas, right? I'm I'm, going to make sure. I'm going to see what happens. And you build up that that courage. You build up that shameless audacity because you're desperate. And you have no idea when you knock on that door, what's going to happen? Are they going to be mad at me? Are they even going to hear me? You know, clearly they're going to be asleep. Uh, Are they going to bring a weapon to the door? You know, what's going to happen? And so you knock on the door and you find out nobody comes. If you're really desperate, the next thing you do is, you know, maybe, is it open anyways? Check the lock. Nope, door's locked. You can't get in. You know, maybe you could have just snuck in while they were sleeping, you know, like the Grinch and, and stolen, the, stolen the food and the, all that stuff. But no, door's locked. So, so you knock and, and, and in, in our spiritual lives, we, we knock on heaven's door. And sometimes we find out door's locked door doesn't open. We pray and and nothing happens. So again, let me ask you today, what locked doors are you facing? What locked doors are you facing? What prayers have you prayed that you're still waiting for God to answer? You're still waiting for God to move. What locked doors are you facing? The first point I want to make out of this passage today is this. We need to knock on locked doors. We need to knock on locked doors. Just because there's an obstacle in front of us doesn't mean that we should give up and turn the other way. We need to knock. We need to knock. See, no door is going to open unless we knock on it. You don't just go up to a door, someone's door, and stand there and hope that the door just opens. Right? That's foolish. It doesn't work. We need to knock on locked doors. 100% of the prayers you don't pray won't get answered. Think about that. How's God going to answer it if we never pray it? We have not because we ask not. Your neighbor won't get saved if you never pray for them. Revival won't break out if we don't pray. Healing doesn't come unless we pray, unless we knock. We need to knock on locked doors. I'll tell you a little story of uh, a guy in the Old Testament, a prophet. His name was Elijah. And uh, Elijah was facing a locked door. Really, the whole nation of Israel was facing a locked door. For three years, no rain had come on the land of Israel. The heavens were were shut. There was no rain. Can you imagine what Aberdeen would look like if there was no rain for the last three years? It would be brown. We might not have mosquitoes anymore, but we wouldn't have food. It would be drought. It would be bad. And so for three years, there was no crops For three years, there was no food to feed their livestock. It was hard times. It was a locked door, right? So for three years, I'm sure many people had been praying, Lord, send rain. Lord, send rain on my land. There's there's nothing. We have nothing. Lord, send rain. For three years, people have just been sitting there knocking on heaven's door and nothing. You know, after three years, Elijah could have stood up there and said, guys, it's hopeless, right? Right? 
We, we clearly don't have any effect. If, if God was a good God, he would have answered us by now. He would have come down and sent his reign within these last three years. So he's just going to do it in his timing and we can't do anything. He could have just said, let's not pray. Why knock? Nobody's home. See, he could have thought that way. But instead, we read in 1 Kings 18, it says this, But Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, top of a mountain. He bent down to the ground and he put his face between his knees. Verse 43 says, Go and look toward the sea, he told his servant. And he went up and looked. There is nothing there, he said. So it says that first, the first thing Elijah did was he knocked, right? And, and Elijah didn't just go up there and be like, you know, please God. No, it said that he knocked. He, he knocked hard. You know, he, he knocked hard. It said he climbed a mountain and he went up and he got on his knees and then he put his head between his knees in the fetal position, right? Anybody prayed a prayer like that before where you got up and climbed a mountain and then you just got into this desperate position saying, God, God, I need you. You're the only one who can answer this prayer. And that's, that's what Elijah did. He didn't just do a gentle knock. He went up and tried to kick the door down. They make that look so easy in movies, but I'm worried that I would just look foolish if I tried to kick a door down, you know. I'd fall down, not the door. But, but Elijah, he went all out. He went all out, and, and he was praying as hard as he could, you know, Lord, would you send rain? It was a cry of desperation. It was a bold prayer. It was a knock on a locked door. And then after he prayed the prayer, it said he took another step of faith that shameless audacity that that guy one night had, you know, just, you know, open up. I need some bread. He just kept going. And, and so he takes this another step of, of boldness, of shameless audacity, and he tells his servant, all right, I've prayed. Now I want you to go towards the sea. And I want you to go see if you see the heavens opening up. See if, see if there's anything going on. I mean, this was a prayer, a prayer of expectancy. After three years of not hearing anything, he really believed that in this moment he was going to pray and that God was going to answer him. He was so confident of it that he sent his servant saying, hey, go, go check. Did it work? Did the door open? But it said, the servant came back, there is nothing. Right? The door is locked. There's nothing. It didn't work. So again, today, what, what locked door are you facing? What locked door are you facing? Maybe it's a job that maybe there's issues at your job. Maybe it's a job that you want that you can't have. Uh, maybe it's a promotion that you're looking for. What, what door are you facing? Maybe you've got a big disagreement in your family, and that just feels like a locked door, like there's no way that you're going to be able to solve it. Maybe there's an addiction problem that you're facing, and, and again, that's a locked door. Maybe it's a battle, and it just feels like there is no way out wherever that is in your life, and it's this locked door, and, you, and you've knocked, but it's just, why is it so locked? You know, last year, about this time, we had, we had a door up here, and we, we talked about how small things, small habits can make a big impact, and, and eventually can knock down a, knock down a door. Right? And we believe that, that God can do incredible things. So we had you um, put prayer requests on here of locked doors. And this is actually the same door. We still, haven't, uh, we still have your prayer requests up here. We still pray over it. 
And so last year, about this time, you, you knocked on the door. And you said, God, I'm going to pray a bold prayer. God, I believe that you're going to do something that I can't do. And you prayed the impossible, right? You, you prayed for things like uh, healing families, fear of poverty, for missions, for healing, for protection, uh, for their family, for their house, their mental health, lots of different things that you guys prayed for. Saying, Lord, open the door. Now, some of these prayers, uh, you know, maybe God answered right away for you. Maybe God answered. Last week, I was talking with somebody, and it was just so cool. Uh, they shared, last year, I put a prayer request on the door. And they went on to share that uh, they were in a job that they just really didn't like, and it was causing them, you know, just a lot of trouble at home, and it wasn't good hours, it wasn't good pay. And they thought, well, the only way to get a job that I really want is to go back to college and get that all figured out. So they put on the door, you know, Lord, send me to college. Lord, help me to figure that out. Well, a week later, they applied for another job that they found online, and they knew it was well above their education level, that you probably needed a college degree, and their application wasn't relevant, that it didn't have enough, but they put it in anyways. Another week goes by, and they hear back, they got the job. They got the job. God answered that prayer. They didn't have to go to college. They didn't have to do anything like that. God opened up a door uh, that helped them get a job that they love. They're still there today, and, and it's totally changed them. It's helped them help their family, all those different things, because God answered that prayer. Now, for other of you, maybe you put a, a note on here. You put a prayer on this door, and God still hasn't answered it. You know, that's the reality. God answered some, but, but maybe he didn't answer all of them the way that we expected. So what do we do when we knock and there's no response? What do we do when we ask God to intervene and he doesn't? All right, what did the man do when, when he went up to the door and he knocked, you know, hey, I need some food. What did he do when the guy said, no, I'm sleeping? What did Elijah do when he prayed? When he prayed a bold prayer for, for rain to come and nothing happened. What do you do when you pray and there's no response? Well, after you knock on that locked door, the second thing we need to do is keep knocking. We got to keep knocking. Don't give up. Let's be persistent. Let's, there is power in persistence. There's power in persistence. We need to keep knocking. I have learned that the longer that I am a parent and the older my kids get, the better I am at saying no. Right? At the beginning, they're all cute. Like, I can't say no to that face. The older they get, it's like, no. No. Can I have a snack, Dad? No. Can I, can I make a mess in the living room? Absolutely not. You know, can I go over to a friend's house? Not today. You know, can I? No. 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 I'm, I'm getting good at it. But I have a breaking point. Because sometimes they just don't give up. Right? And they come up, Dad, can I have a snack? No. Ten minutes later, how about now? No, not now. How about now? No, just stop it. How about just a little snack, Dad? Just, just a little bit. No. And then eventually they keep asking me, and then my answer turns into, fine, just stop bothering me. Right? There's power in persistence. 
Kids know that. And, and as we, we need to have persistence in prayer. We need to keep knocking. See, that's what the man who knocked on his friend's door found out. He just kept knocking. And the guy came down, not because he was his friend, but because he was annoyed. And he opened the door and gave him what he needed because he was persistent, because he kept knocking, because he wouldn't leave him alone because of his shameless audacity. So let me ask you, if, if there's a prayer request that you put up here last year and it didn't get answered, are you still praying? Are you still knocking? Do you still believe that God can open up that door? Or have you given up hope? Have you thought, ah, that door is just too locked, it's too shut. There's nobody on the other side. No, we keep knocking. We keep knocking. Often we, we give up on, on prayer because we feel like we have failed. God, I prayed and you didn't answer, so clearly I'm a failure. But let me tell you this, church, unanswered prayer is not failure. Unanswered prayer is not failure. I'll give you an example. Maybe this is a scary thing. Maybe someday you, you stepped on a scale and you looked down. And you think, oh boy, I got work to do, right? So you think, I, I need to make a change. And so you, you go get that gym membership or you go buy the, the treadmill for home or, you know, what, whatever that might be. And, uh, you know, you're ready. You're, you're saying, all right, I'm going to make a difference today. So you go into the gym and you, you work out, you, you do that program and, and boy, it hurts and you're out of breath and all this stuff, but you feel good about yourself because you, you went and did it. But then you make the mistake of going back home, pulling out that scale after day one and stepping on it again. You think, wow, I'm a failure. You know, nothing changed. And now I'm sore. And now I hurt. <laughs> and, and so you go through that thing. But, but here's the thing. You're not a failure just because you didn't see results in day one. But I'll tell you what, you fail when you don't go back to the gym the next day. Now, here's the thing. In prayer, it's the same way. We're not failures because we pray and God doesn't answer. But we fail at prayer when we stop praying, when we give up and we think, ah, God, you'll never answer that. So we need to continue to pray because when we pray, no matter whether it's answered or not answered, every prayer is a victory. Every prayer is a victory. The only way to fail in prayer is to stop praying, It's to stop knocking. Let me go back to the story of Elijah. See, Elijah... Um, he could have given up after that first prayer. He said, there's, there's no results. God, you didn't answer my prayer. But he didn't give up. It said six times. Six times he sent his servant back. Six times he, he got into that fetal position. He put his head between his knees and said, Lord, would you send rain? God, we need it on our land. And six times he sent his servant. He said, go check the sea. Go see if there's any movement. And six times his servant came back and said, there is nothing. There's nothing. Now, this would be a good time to just give up, go home, stop knocking. He tried really, really hard, and nothing happened. I mean, he was on Mount Carmel. This is, this is the same place, right? This is the same place where, where just a little while earlier, he had challenged the prophets of Baal to a little challenge to see whose God was real. And he said, hey, we're going to put... Uh, we're going to build an altar, and we're going to put a sacrifice on each of these two altars. You build an altar to your God. I'm going to build an altar to my God. And we're going to see the God who responds with fire is the real, real God. 
And so all day you can read the story there, but the prophets of Baal, there was hundreds of them. They're out there. They're calling on God, you know, they're on their God. They're calling on Baal and they're, they're cutting themselves, trying to get his attention, trying to do all these things and nothing happens. In fact, Elijah starts kind of mocking them, you know, maybe your God's asleep, you know, maybe, maybe he's using the bathroom. I don't know. You know, you keep going. And so they, they go all day, nothing. Finally, Elijah says, all right, it's my turn. And so he has everything prepared, but he says, you know what? My God's bigger than this. Why don't you go find some of that precious water? And it hasn't rained in three years. Go find some of that precious water and dump it on this. So it makes it even harder. And then uh, he gets down and he prays. You can count it. There's 60 words. He prayed a 60-word prayer. And after those 60 words, it says, you know, fire came down from heaven and consumed everything consumed the water, consumed the sacrifice, it consumed the stones that, that they all, like it, it consumed everything. God moved powerfully. And so Elijah could be thinking, man, you just pray 60 words and then God does it. He goes back to this place where he just had this amazing victory and he prays this prayer and, and nothing, and nothing happens, and nothing happens, and nothing happens. Clearly this door must be locked. Clearly this isn't God's will. He's, he's knocked six times, but he kept knocking. 1 Kings 18, verse 43. He says, go and look towards the sea, he told his servant. And he went up and looked. He says, there's nothing. And he said, seven times Elijah said, go back. So he didn't give up after six. He said, on the seventh time, go back. The seventh time, the servant reported a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds. The wind rose, and a heavy rain started falling. Elijah kept knocking. Right? He didn't give up, even after six times, seventh time. God, do you hear me? God, will you open up? Will you open up the heavens, a door that had been locked for three years? And sure enough, his persistence paid off. The report came back that there was a cloud the size of a man's hand. And all of a sudden, that rose up into a great storm and a heavy rain came down. There is persistence. There's power in persistence in prayer. So we need to keep knocking. One other story we read in the Bible is uh, a story of a couple named Zechariah and Elizabeth. These were God-fearing people. And, and uh, Zechariah, he was even he was a priest. And for a lifetime, they had been praying for a baby. They'd been praying for a child of their own. And, and they were well past childbearing years and all those different things. And, and God never answered their prayer. Maybe some of you here today, you've been praying that same prayer. You've been knocking on that door. Lord, give us a child. And that's where they were. And they prayed and they prayed and nothing. Years later, Zachariah, as a priest, he was chosen to burn incense before the Lord. It was a great honor. And when he did that that day, said that an angel met him. And he told him, your prayer has been heard. You'll have a son. Name him John. See, these prayers that he had prayed for years, doors that he had knocked on over and over again, God heard them. God heard them. They weren't in vain. They weren't meaningless but God, rated, God waited for the right time to answer. So they kept on knocking and kept on knocking. And then one day God answered their prayer. And they had a baby. And it wasn't just any baby. This was, this was 
a prophet. This was John the Baptist. This was the one who is to prepare the way for Jesus. But God was waiting for the right moment. We need to keep knocking. We need to keep knocking. We can't stop praying just because we don't see results. We need to keep knocking, knowing that it is shaking something in the heavenlies. We need to keep knocking. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't stop praying. Don't lose hope. Every day, keep knocking. Keep knocking. Keep knocking. We started this series by doing a little survey of how often do you pray? And there was maybe about a third, a little over of you who said, yeah, I pray every day. Why can't, let's, let's all start praying every day, right? Let's bump that number up from 33% to 100% uh, of all of us saying, we're going to keep knocking. We're going to keep pressing in. We're going to keep doing it because there is power and persistence. Don't just pray on a Sunday. Don't just pray on a Wednesday, but pray on Monday. Pray on Tuesday. Pray, you know, every day of the week, keep saying, God, I'm going to keep knocking. Because there's power in persistence. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the power of a praying church? The power of a, of a church who, who keeps praying. We're all in. We all continue going forward. So keep knocking on locked doors and, and keep knocking even when they don't open up. And if the worship team would come or for piano, uh, today we need to be knocking, right? We, we need to be knocking on, on heaven's door. But what's interesting is that the Bible also tells us that somebody else is knocking. Revelation 3.20, Jesus says, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person, and they with me. See, as we're knocking on heaven's door, Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart. He's saying, hey, can I come in? Can I come in? I, I want to have a relationship with you. I want to be with you. Jesus, he's standing at our door. And he's knocking. He's not going to barge in. Say, hey, you better, you better shape up. You better make this right. No, he's just knocking. Is anybody here? So while we need to knock on heaven's door, we also need to open up the door of our heart to, to Christ. It says that anybody who does that, he'll come in and eat with us right? So what's your view of God today? Maybe, maybe you thought that God was far off or somebody who you're not sure if he hears you, but he hears you. He hears your cries and he knows your heart. And Jesus, he's knocking on your door. Would you let me in? Would you let me in? Let me share with you what what I want to do in your life. Let me share with you that, that you have a plan, that you have a purpose. That I created you. Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart. Maybe you didn't know that he loves you and he wants to hear from you, but he does. Jesus is knocking today. So if you're here today and you've never experience, you've never allowed Jesus into your heart today, you can, you can make that decision. Just simply say, Lord, I want to make you Lord and Savior. I want to let you into my life. Would you forgive me? Make me new. I thank you for what you did on the cross. 
Thank you that you died and that you rose again so that I could have life. You can let him in. Or maybe today you've let Jesus in, but it's, it's been a while. Your heart's become hardened, kind of shut the door again. Today's a day you can let him back in. You can open up. So I thought it fitting today if we could close this service by joining, you know, figuratively around the communion table today. Because Jesus is knocking, hey, let me in. Come in. We'll, we'll eat together. And so today we, we just want to close by, by joining around the communion table. And, and in fact, we've, if you came in and you didn't grab one of these communion cups, you can, you can still do that in just a moment. We'll give some time just for prayer and you can stand up or an usher can get you one too as well. Uh, they're, they're located in the back. But we want to take a moment just to remember what Jesus did for us. Remember what he did for us on the cross. Remember that he rose again. The blood that was shed, the body that was broken. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 28 tells us this, that everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink of the cup. And so today I want to just take a moment, uh, a quiet moment to reflect on what Jesus did to, to make it right. We talked about last week, sweeping the house. If there's anything in our lives that aren't right with God, we can give this to God right now. Today, you don't need to be a member to take communion. You just need to be part of the family of God. But you've accepted Christ. It's the only requirement. So let's take a moment before we, we jump into communion and let's just examine ourselves. Let's just have a moment with God. Today, you might need to just say, God, I'm opening the door. Come on in. Sweep the house. God, clean me up. Make me more like you. Let's just take a moment, just quietly, have a moment with God, and let's examine our hearts before we go to this most precious time of communion. today our hearts are yours our hearts are yours we open up the door may we listen to you would you be our Lord and Savior 
We give you control. Lord, thank you for what you did on the cross. Thank you that you rose again. I thank you that you love us, that you have a plan for each one of us. That we are your craftsmanship. So Lord, as we go to communion now, prepare our hearts. Prepare our hearts as we as we honor you, as we remember you today. In Jesus' name, amen. said the Lord Jesus on the night that he was betrayed took the bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me so let's do that today would you would you hold the bread in your hand and let's take a moment to remember Jesus's body and the sacrifice that he made for us on that cross Jesus We remember, we remember today your body that was broken, your body that was placed on that cross, your your body that was, was whipped and was beaten. Your body that was bruised. marred beyond recognition so that we could have life so that we could become who you meant us to become so that you could clean up our mess of a life and make it right so Lord we thank you thank you for what you did on the cross Lord Amen let's, let's take this bread together same way after supper he took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes so would you just hold that juice in your hand and let's let's just thank thank Jesus for the blood that was shed Lord we thank you for your blood that poured out so that we could have new life, so that we could have forgiveness. Your precious blood that washes our sins whiter than snow. We thank you for the pain and the hurt that you went through, that you did it out of love. You were thinking about us when you went to that cross. We didn't deserve it. We haven't earned it. But Lord, you love us. That's why you poured out your blood for us. So Lord, we remember your sacrifice today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let's let's take the cup together. Let's, let's thank Jesus together. Lord, there's, there's no one like you. Lord, thank you 
for your mercy, for your grace. Thank you that, that you care for us. God, thank you that you are knocking on the door. God, and we can let you in. Lord, thank you that you want to have a relationship with us. Lord, thank you, Lord, for giving us this day. Today is your day. Today is the day that you have made. Lord, we rejoice. We celebrate. We're thankful. Thank you for another day. Thank you for breath in our lungs. There's no one like you. So today, Lord, I pray you give us faith to keep knocking. God, to keep asking, to keep believing that you can do the impossible. So Lord, whatever that prayer request might be, may we not give up hope, but may we know, Lord, that you are on the other side and that one day you're going to open that door and we're going to walk through and it's going to be a glorious day. So we trust in you. Increase our faith. May we continue to ask. May we continue to seek with everything inside of us, with all our heart. And may we continue to knock, never giving up. Oh, Lord, we thank you. May may we see many victories in the weeks ahead because we didn't give up. We love you, Lord. Be with us as we go. God, may, may you continue to put dreams on our heart. God, to reach our city, to reach this world. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Have an